This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. All right. Drive the Lane Podcast. It is Super Bowl week. We are in the heat of the college and NBA basketball season. We talked to Tyvis Powell. Our best, best friend is back on the show. We talked to ESPN's Adam Amin. He talks to us a little bit about every sport ever. We talk about how the Buckeyes did this week. Joey and I were both in attendance for the Northwestern win, DJ Carton's big-time game. And Joey addresses a little bit about Kobe Bryant because, you know, we have to get into that. Before we get into this episode, of course, High Street Tees is awesome. And the most awesome part about them might just be their new Drive the Lane shirts. That's right. We have shirts from High Street Tees. You need to go get them. Highstreettees.com slash DTL is where you can do all your shopping. And if you want to save some money, use our promo code DTL15 for 15% off your entire order. That's DTL15 for 15% off. Drive the Lane shirts, three shirts, Mama's Passing Brew, Buckeye Donuts. You name it, they got it. Of course, we want you to buy our shirts but we really just want you to go to the site and use our promo code. Buckle up and drive the lane. Watching me cutting the numbers, keeping the cutting you under. Hey, sleeping on me is a slumber. Hey, keeping the scoring and running. Okay, welcome back to the Drive Lane Podcast. We're happy you guys are tuned in and listening, and we're very happy that Ohio State has kind of gotten off the schneid a little bit and won today at Northwestern. Like Andrew said, we were both there. Um, but before we get into that, um, and before we get into our interviews, um, obviously it's been um, a pretty wild day. We're recording this on Sunday night. Um, we didn't want to record on Sunday night, uh, but we um, had made the plan to do that because we we were going to do it after the Northwestern game. And sure enough, um, as everyone listening knows, uh, Kobe Bryant uh, passed away and his daughter and, and uh, seven others um, on a helicopter on the way to um, their practice. And uh, obviously, we're not news reporters, we're not analysts or anything like that. And so, what we what we got for you guys is just you know just a little bit of uh, raw emotion about Kobe. Because I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not, uh, and I can't speak for Andrew obviously on this topic, but I'm not a diehard Kobe fan by any stretch of the the word. I mean, growing up in Chicago and a Bulls fan, like you're MJ, Michael Jordan, through and through, without a doubt. Um, obviously, we grew up in an age where Kobe was kind of um, getting older, and yeah, we saw some great moments, but obviously, you know, LeBron has been the best player of our generation, but uh, what Kobe's done for uh, the game of basketball and seeing him become such an unbelievable father, obviously, he I'm sure he was before, but when fatherhood became his primary um, obligation, I mean, the dude was just was just awesome, and it was really cool. Um, today, seeing all the videos, um, you know, yeah, we saw some highlights, but tell me if I'm wrong, Andrew, I think. Most of the stuff was about him and uh, him and Gigi, his daughter, and about how uh, how close they had gotten and how she was turning into such a um, incredible young woman, young basketball player. And uh, my heart just breaks for all, obviously all the families involved, um, but especially uh, the, you know, the Bryant's family and his wife uh, and who uh, and his three other daughters. I mean, it's just it's just so sad. Um, it was great that Ohio State won today, but man, it just puts everything in perspective. Uh, you know, it's can't take anything for granted. I mean, the dude was a rock star and seemed like he was immortal. Um, 
and obviously to see him go so young and way too soon is just, oh, it's just so sad. I hate, you know, this is a fun, upbeat, joking podcast all the time, but, you know, we got to be serious for a second because, I mean, the sport of basketball is what I've dedicated my life to. Um, and without Kobe Bryant, I mean, the sport of basketball is just so ridiculously different. And uh, it's weird because this is the first time I feel like I'm speaking out loud and maybe I'm not typing on Twitter or texting my friends about this and I'm getting the words out and it's just so weird to say that he's gone. Um, so, so weird. It's just doesn't make any sense. No, it's, it's crazy. Just, it's just weird how life tests you and um, obviously, you know, you wouldn't wish this upon your worst enemy by any stretch of it, but uh, it's the basketball world rallying around this cause is is what's what it's what makes it the best sport. Um, with the Titus family, I mean, you see guys like Tyson Chandler. There's a video of him crying on the bench. I mean, there was no reason for these guys to be playing. I mean, it's just like, you know, just like you would take a sick day at work if a loved one passed away. Why? I don't know why they're playing those games today, but you know, you see Trey Young, who Gigi Kobe's daughter. Um, had come out and said that Trey Young is his f- was her favorite player, so Kobe started paying more attention to Trey and stuff. I mean, just seeing him um, wearing number eight today, and and uh, I don't even know is that his number? I don't know, but no, he's number eleven. Yeah, so seeing him wear eight um, today, and and uh, you know the tears, it's just it's all so real. You can tell like the difference of when you know famous people pass away all the time, but have you ever seen Twitter stop? Before, like, no. I mean, just the world it felt broken. Like, the world f- seemed like it just came to a halt. It's just every person had been touched by Kobe on and off the court. And, and I, this is all coming from a guy that I, like, was never a – I love Kobe because he is the the definition of hard work and preparation and being the best at your craft. But, I mean, like I said before, and I'm sure, Andrew, you're kind of the same way. I mean, like, we are Michael Jordan guys. Well, know, I'm a – LeBron guy. Yeah, I mean, you're a LeBron guy, but, I mean, we, Kobe, is, we, it's just, I don't know, it's just, he was, regardless, just larger than life. It's just so, I mean, that's the, the theme that I keep coming back to. It just seems like it just can't be possible. It it definitely doesn't seem possible, and you, you summed it up really well. I don't really have a whole lot to say that you didn't already cover. Obviously, we are thinking about everyone involved, families, friends, everything. It's terribly sad, but we've seen some incredible tributes, like you were mentioning. Trey Young, over time, posted something. D Wade's been posting a lot. All teammates, friends, colleagues. It's just it's it's crazy. It's unlike anything that has ever circulated through social media. Yeah, in my opinion, definitely. And I think you're so right. I can't think of another. I mean, there's only one Kobe Bryant. That's the truth yeah. of the matter. I can't, like, I mean, like, think about, like, when Michael Jackson passed away. Obviously, superstar, young. Wasn't even the social media era as much, though. That. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's just, it's just insane. And obviously, you and I speaking on it doesn't do nearly the justice as 99% yeah. I mean, I've never of the met the guy, people. never yeah. had an interaction. You don't have any. I still, I mean, that's the coolest, I mean, cool is not the right word, but the most amazing thing is that. 99% of the people that are so sad and so upset and that are hurting so much have never had a personal interaction with him. But yeah. just shows you the kind of, you know, impact he made on people's lives. He wasn't perfect, obviously, which people, I hate when people bring that stuff up, when people 
pass away, but he, I mean, the dude is just the blueprint for so many people our age. Um, I mean, my teammates um, in high school, in college, I mean, Dwayne Washington um, is Derek Fisher, who's Kobe Bryant's longtime teammate. That's his nephew. So, like, Dwayne, I saw him today at the game. I mean, the dude is just not himself. He called, I mean, he considered Kobe an uncle. So, I mean, just, just like seeing the people that were close to him hurting so much and then seeing the people that that had never met the guy, um, you know, had never been his teammate. It's just, I mean, the players in the NBA, it's just like, I don't know, just some unspoken bonds that people have. I mean, Kobe Bryant is um, means so much to so many people, not just in L.A., I mean, everywhere. The dude is just just unbelievable. It's just, it's crazy. The, I mean, it's just like we grew up, you know, you bo- you crumble up a piece of paper and throw it in the trash can at school and everyone yells Kobe. I mean, it's just like, yeah. Like, you know, you're not saying LeBron, you're not saying MJ, you're not, I mean, there's plenty of other incredible basketball players, but everyone says Kobe. It's just like, it's just, man, it's, I think, I mean, it's just crazy because this is the first larger-than-life human that has passed away um, since we've become, you know, young adults and can really rationalize what is happening. Um, It's just all so insane. I mean, you just don't... It was the first time that I had ever saw, you know, I ever saw a tweet, saw a notification, and was like, that can't be true. Mm-hmm. It's just so the last insane. thing that I will say about this, um, the NBA has been talking about changing the logo for a while now. I think this is the perfect opportunity yeah, slash man, candidate. Great call. And I think any other way that they were to honor Kobe would not be enough. Yeah, I mean, and I know that's crazy to say. Cha- sport. I know that's crazy to say. Like changing the logo yeah. is the only thing that would be enough, but I just think anything else would be. I'm just trying short. To think, I'm trying to think of what else they could do. Like the, obviously the All Star Game's coming up. All Star Game, they're going to do stuff. They're I gonna, saw someone say Mavs. one one team should wear um, eight, and one team should yeah, wear twenty four. That'd be pretty. The Mavs. Cool. Mark Cuban said yeah. they're going to retire his number. I'm sure a lot of teams uh, yeah. will follow yeah. that. But I mean, we're watching the Grammys right now, and they. And, Nas is performing with a with a Kobe Bryant jersey in the background. And they, I mean, it's just the dude. I mean, just goes to show you the dude won an Oscar. The dude is one of the best basketball players to ever play, and I mean, it's just he's just amazing. He yeah, obviously gone too soon. It's so unbelievably sad. My heart hurts for all the families involved. Um, it's just I've never felt how I felt today, and I'm, I just can't stress enough that I am not. By far, the not not the biggest Kobe fan on the planet, and agreed. My stomach and my heart, and it's just like, just couldn't be real. It's like this doesn't even happen in movies. Crazy, it's just insane. So, I think I we. You got anything else? No, I think we handled that how we should have. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say. I mean, everyone's talking about Kobe. Um, we're no exception, uh, obviously being a sports podcast. Um, but if you guys, whatever you guys' memories, anything that you guys have, uh, let us know. Um, I think it's obviously cool. Again, is not the right word, but it's uh, it's important to to ref- like you know celebrate him and how awesome he was. So it would it'd be awesome to hear uh, what you guys have to say and and hear uh, any fun stories or memories that you share with Kobe. Definitely. Um, I think we should briefly talk about Ohio State basketball, and then we can 
kind of introduce yeah, let's our just interviews. Shift. Let's just shift all the way to I was so, so happy for the Ohio State basketball yeah. team tonight. Um, yeah, it was so, so weird. The the atmosphere. Um, they didn't do a moment of silence for Kobe, which was bizarre. Yeah, I thought it was weird, but I I was thinking about it. I was I was finding I was finding it hard to find a connection outside of it just being basketball for Northwestern. I mean, is that to do that be enough? I, I agree. It should. I. I mean, definitely wouldn't have been a negative to do right, it. But no, I was no. trying to like. Yeah. No. I find I, something that could really connect. Like with NBA, even if it's like a random right, game, no, totally. like I mean, he's like he is the NBA. Wizards, Pelicans, yeah. like the still NBA. Right. And totally. you know, he never he didn't play in college. He did, obviously he's had a huge impact yeah. on a lot of the players. Apparently, that were him in the and games. Chris Collins are super super tight and stuff. So yeah. So it is kind of weird. I obviously. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I didn't. Maybe the, maybe it was too late to do something. I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. Um. But yeah. yeah the Ohio, college uh, doesn't have the leeway. Yeah, it's as much the as the NBA does to kind of do what they please. Yeah. Um. It was just a weird vibe though in the arena. I think you you would agree. The Ohio State like all the guys were. I mean, Dwayne was just. I mean, it's just that just stinks. Mm-hmm. I just feel so bad for him. But um, not only that. Obviously, the Kobe no- the Kobe nose broke for them while they were watching film, and the coaches passed around a phone. And then when it was over, they kind of told the guys, um, which uh, was just crazy. But also the <laughs> the night before, um, <laughs> the fire alarm went off in the uh, hotel, and everyone had to evacuate at four thirty in the morning. Which really? Is, which is not a Northwestern thing for them to do. Um, but apparently, there was smoke and stuff going on. So, jeez, um, that's crazy. Usually, that leads to like a lethargic start. Which oh wait, they did. I guess they did have a lethargic start. Yeah. DJ Carton played very well tonight. Yeah, a lot of it guys stepped up. It was, was slip free. Yeah, he didn't slip, which was amazing. I sat next to his game. family. Um, they're the best. Um, Were they slip in, walk into their seats? <laughs> no, no, they weren't. Um, but yeah, DJ played awesome. He stepped up. He said, yeah, he's, he was great. Played great defense too. Um, I think it's interesting that Northwestern, record wise. Is as bad as they Can are. Can we talk about Pat Spencer on Northwestern? For those who aren't familiar, the dude was the Heisman winner for lacrosse uh-huh. last year, and then decided, you know what, I'm going to start playing basketball. And Chris Collins gave him a scholarship, and he came to Northwestern. Now he's the best player on Northwestern. And when I was telling Andre Wesson after the game, we were we were joking about it because he hadn't he hadn't put it together that that was the lacrosse guy and how good he was and stuff. And uh, when I was talking to Dre about it. Um, I was like, it was me, Dre, Kyle, and uh, Danny Hummer, and we were talking about it. And I said, guys, the fact that I devoted my life to basketball, and I'm not as good as the guy that devoted his life to lacrosse, mm-hmm. <laughs> that hurts. Um, but that kid's amazing. Uh, he had a really good game. He was talking shit the whole game. So was uh, that number zero guy, Bowie Bo- Bowie. No, Boo Bowie. He's Boo awesome. Bowie was talking a lot of shit. Th- they have. A nice young, a nice little core. Miller Cop will come back next year. Boo is Cop is pretty darn good. No, he's a junior. He's, he's good. He is good. He's got a. He's got stroke. a great shot. Yeah, it's just every time you shoot it, he thinks. It, every time he shoots it, you think it's in. It's in, it's awesome. But yeah, if Pat Spencer only had another year, the dude looks like he's a forty-two year old or forty-two year old accountant, but he can hoop. Is it? You think it's? And maybe I'm completely wrong about this. Um, is it frustrating that Arns will have a game like this no, and then kind of be? Mean, 
a non-factor it's for a long stretch of games because you got to think if there's a game another a game that they lost by a couple points if he knocks in a couple threes obviously you can't look at it like just adding six points to the end of the game but a guy like that who can give you a little more spark off the bench like there's games he doesn't even play and there's games he plays and doesn't make a shot and there's games like tonight where he yeah doesn't well, miss I think, basically I think where I stand on Justin is first of all he's not 100% hasn't been healthy didn't have a full off season like that shit carries on in the season. Um, sec- for, like secondly, you know, um, if you're gonna play for Holman, you gotta play defense, and sometimes Justin isn't cutting it on defense, so he can't play. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is match matching up wise is a, is a perfect game for him because he can guard someone on the other team, and he's able to do whatever he can. And they play, and Northwestern's playing some zone, so it's a great game for him. Um, but he is such a good basketball player. And he picks his spots, and it's not. I mean, he's a shooter. Like you can be streaky as a shooter. Like that's what his his role has developed into. He is a shooter. So you know, shooters have off nights, and and if and it's hard for him to get into a rhythm. You know, you can't expect him to score twelve points if he's only playing in two minute increments. You know, he got to have some run and sweat and show that you know he had confidence in himself and his teammates were giving him the ball. And he, I mean, he he's so good. If he shoots six times, he's making two or three every time. Mm-hmm. So I'm really happy for him. I actually should read a text from him after the game. He texted me, and I'm putting him on blast because this is too funny. He said, he said, Joe, I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to come out and say what's up after the game. I was constipated. Um, should we call him? Uh, should we call him? Is that allowed? No, nah, let's not call him. Which, <laughs> eh, it would be kind of fun to call him. But no, he said, sorry, I was constipated after the game, so I couldn't make it out. But thank you. Uh, for coming, and I appreciate you. Let's keep it rolling. I said, love you, buddy. That's so f- unbelievably funny. Should we call him and see how his tummy's feeling? <laughs> <laughs> no. You want to call him. I see the look in your no, face. You want to call him. We don't need to call him. <laughs> um, but he was he was awesome. I'm really happy for him. I said this a million times. Last year when he had that great game against Iowa, um, I said to the media that uh, he, not only is he a very hard part guy. of, by the way. Yeah, I, I guess. Um <laughs> He's a super hardworking guy, but he is a fantastic teammate and cares so much more about the team's success um, than his own success. So when you get a guy that works his butt off and cares so much about the team, it falls into place that way. So, so, so happy about so so happy about the Iowa game last year. And not to mention he had 29 points. I threw him a perfect pass, hit him in the chest, and he dropped it out of bounds and gave me a turnover, uh, which that shit was so brutal. But, but yeah. Super, super happy for him. He he was instrumental in us winning. I talked to some of the coaches after the game, and they asked me what I thought, and I think that – and I texted Dockage this. I think that the one thing that makes us so dangerous is when we play quick and assertive and per- with some purpose as opposed to playing fast and out of control. I just think that if you – we have some assertiveness behind our move and you know maybe we're not taking the first shot, but we take the first good, you got to take it. If it's a good shot, take it. And, you know, being assertive, whether that's Caleb Wesson making a quick move to score, which he did a couple times tonight, or Justin Arnes pulling the trigger on some threes. Like, I mean, just play quick and assertive. We played great on offense and great on defense. It was just, thank God we won so that I could see everybody happy after the game instead of seeing them mad. Because sometimes you forget that winning is a lot more fun than losing. So, Ohio State, Joe, is 13-7. Okay. Mm-hmm. The next six games... Indiana at home, who they've lost to. At Michigan. Indiana on the road is not the same team as Indiana at, at home. At Michigan, who feels like they haven't won since that tournament. Both teams will be due at that point. 
Wisconsin, who beat them at home. I don't home. give a fuck about Wisconsin. Rutgers, who's playing the best basketball they've played ever. But Rutgers on the road is not the same as Rutgers at home, right. but they're still awesome. And and then Purdue at home, and Purdue's been the most up-and-down confusing team ever. Here's what I'll say about Ohio State going forward. Um, we're fine for making the tournament. Like We have some great wins. We Obviously, you got to take care of business at home in the Big Ten right now. I think that we will be able to compete with every team moving forward. I think we kind of got our swagger back a little bit. I'll say that there are some teams like that are just – they might be winning, but they're so beatable. And Illinois is not in that group. Illinois is good. Illinois is good. Wrong. We were wrong. Which is fine. I got some of my friends, Illini fans, texting me, giving me shit about how I called them frauds and stuff. But they, well, were, how many, they were fraudulent. How, how many wins know. do you think this team needs to make the tournament? They just need 20. Um, yeah, I think they got to win seven of their last 11. Jeez, is that what it is? Yeah. You've got to win every other game, basically. It's possible. Win. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Can I see their schedule? Yeah, All right, I mean, you guys ready for live? Lot Here's lot. what there's they're a, doing. There's a lot of losses on there, I think. What? <laughs> Sorry. They're going <laughs> to. Uh, home against Indiana, win. At Michigan, win. At Wisconsin, win. Home against Rutgers, win. <laughs> home against Purdue, win. So that's a five game, six game winning streak. At Iowa, I would I would win. put money on. At Mar- I know we don't bet, but Maryland I'll put win. money on that they don't go on a six game win streak right now. Uh, at Nebraska, win. Home against Michigan, win. Home against Illinois, win. At Michigan State on senior night, that's probably a loss. So that's they've won. They so you think ten out gonna- of eleven. <laughs> they're winning ten. There is no way if they finish the season twenty three and eight, I'll give you a hundred dollars. Only a hundred? Yeah, you should give me more than that. Well, but you don't have to give me anything. Two hundred. You got a deal. All right, then I get ten. No chance. All right, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing a zero. Hey, man. It's fine. Just a gentleman's bet. Oh, speaking of betting, good thing I don't bet because or else I would have picked the wrong golfers to win the tournament yeah. this week. I just got put on blast by my girlfriend because I like to tweet about Ariana Grande. Oh. Oh. <laughs> you should get a hall pass. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's not even like a hall pass. It's just a one-person pass. Let, let's explain... Why we have the guests. Like, when I get married, Allie Raisman will be my one-person pass. Well, but you won't even need that because you're going to marry Allie Raisman. God, would that be nice? If we got her on the podcast, you could have a chance. Uh, is she... Do we want her on the podcast? What do you That's think would come first? What do you think would come first? Me having social... What do you think there's a better her? chance? What do you think there's a better chance of? Her coming on the podcast and then you marrying her? Or you marrying her and then she comes on the podcast? Uh, the first. The first? Yeah, because... <laughs> Unless I'm getting married in two years, who knows where this podcast will be? Speaking of guests, <laughs> we have our best friend, my best friend actually, not Joey's. Joey's best friend is Dockage. My is best. Tyvis first in this or second? Haven't decided. But we, we have Adam Amin first. We have Adam Amin first, <laughs> or maybe Tyvis. So Adam Amin, we are going to have on again. He was awesome. Yeah, he was. He does everything. He ESPN, knows everything. college football, NBA, NCAA, B, NCAA, W. He did. He did say that Luther Muhammad and Dwayne were suspended, which they weren't. They were for a game. That's but not they what he said. He said the change of personnel has been has been interesting. Yeah, I guess he just. I don't know. He mediated the shit out of that. He was like, you know what? I'm not going to say it. I'm just but say we had a lot of fun with him. We covered everything with him because the college basketball season will end, and there will be a lot of NBA left. So we want to show you guys that we love the NBA. And I think we proved that with Kada Duncan. John Debor, who technically is owned, his rights <laughs> are owned the by the Bulls, um, Brunson, and now Adam Amin. So that's a lot of NBA stuff. And then Tyvis Powell played on this 49ers team. It's not not this year. And the year. 49ers are in San Francisco, 
and the Warriors are also in the Bay Area, so it shows you how much we love the NBA. And D'Angelo Russell's on the – yeah, so, exactly. But Tyvis tells stories about Richard Sherman, tells stories about Ohio State, and he talks about how I'm, Basically, his, I'm we his just best joked, friend. He talks just, about how I'm his best friend. We just joked around the entire time. We just – Zoldan – I love Tyvis, but Zoldan, every time we record, goes, should we just call Tyvis and get 20 minutes of him on the phone? <laughs> and – and all we do is we have no, for the other we're professionals for the other interviews we have notes for the first time we interviewed Tyvis we had notes but for this one we were just like eh, let's just call we'll Tyvis let's just see where this goes I I texted him the other day and and I said uh hey man got a question this was when my Twitter got by the way my Twitter was hacked or not hacked my Twitter was shut down because I was not old enough to make a Twitter when I made it twelve years ago so I made a new one I eventually got mine back. I made a new one, and I texted Tyvis. I said, I got a favor to ask, man. And he goes, does it have to do with your Twitter? <laughs> He's like, I'm not tweeting, but I see everything. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, any chance like I get like a follow my best friend, Andrew Zolden? He's like, no, nah, man, I'm not tweeting right now. I'm like, all right, makes sense. Yeah, all no good. Shit. I'll get my account back soon anyway. And sure enough, it is back. <laughs> like it never left. Uh, before we get to our double dose of interviews, I'm so hungry. Where should I get food tonight? Portillos. Before we I've get had Portillos to- two times this weekend already. Portillos. All right. Before we get to our double dose of interviews, <laughs> Three's Above High, which is what if they had a Portillos now the favorite night. bar of David Dobrik? Did he make an appearance? Do we know? I don't know. I don't know if he ended up. Going. Zold- for, before we get into this Three's Above High, ad, Zolden tweeted something about after Ohio State lost their sixth out of seven games. Tweeted something about. Three's above highs, buy David Dobrik a drink, and I deleted it from my phone and texted him and said, we don't need the tweet right now. No, 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 no. <laughs> that, is a, that is not an accurate statement it's of what inaccurate. I tweeted. It's not I inaccurate. tweeted and said, "Oh shucks, that right. one's tough. <laughs> Get over it at Three's Above High, because that's the best place to go <sighs> and buy some booze if you're over the age of 21 to and, and deal I, with issues. And I deleted it and you texted me and said, did you delete the tweet? I said, yeah, we don't need the tweet right well, now. Well, I wasn't sure if it was reported or deleted. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, and then you said, actually, do whatever you want. Well, no, then you said to me, you said, I don't I know. Thought I thought it was fine. Think, I don't, yeah, you said, like, I think it's fine. I said, you can do what you want. <laughs> I just don't, I don't know. I, the fans want to hear from us when they lose. I just don't. You got to start, maybe you got to start tweeting it with a dash AZ. At the they end know, of, at they the, know. Like you said, they, there's a clear, <laughs> yeah. there's a clear difference. Zolden tweets 85 percent of the things. more, way yeah, more. Yeah, 92, 90, 92, 99, 99. And it's just funny because I just remember after games, like when you lose games and you're on a losing streak, like it's not a good look to to tweet out and joke around and you know because Twitter is a lot of it is fun and joking around and stuff and like our tweet was kind of joking around like, but I'm just still in the habit of when we lose, like, yeah, there's no like. I I don't know. There's no good thing to tweet, so don't tweet at all. My coaches used to. <laughs> I don't know if I've told this story or not on this podcast, but stop me if you've heard this one, guys at home. Um, when we beat Purdue, they were third in the country. We were like twelfth. Huge win for us. We took the lead in the Big Ten and yada yada yada. The people were booing us when we got off the on off the bus to go in the stadium. When we got back on the bus, they were booing us. It was just so awesome. Uh, we got on the bus and I tweeted, oh well, Purdue for a loss. Because <laughs> they were undefeated in the big time before that. And it went insane. I mean, thousands and thousands of retweets and favorites. Did like, you delete it? No, but I don't know. Look it up. I might have deleted it because one of the coaches, I won't say who, tweeted me and said, or texted me and said, 
that was funny, but don't ever do that again. <laughs> I, I don't see it. Maybe I'll search your name with it. At it was probably Joey Smoke Eleven at that point. Yeah, it's li- live looking at. It was P U R and then capital D U E for our loss. Well, I'll just search that. Purdue for a loss. I'm retweeting it. Be two to one. We beat Purdue in a couple weeks. Yeah, Maybe. I'm definitely liking it though. How f- that's isn't that funny? Like that's creative. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're not going to keep you anymore. But you oh, should. You definitely- just liked one of my tweets. You definitely should go to Threes Above High to watch everything. I'm going to be in Columbus this weekend. You guys tweet me to come to Threes Above High. I might just show you up. You have to go. You have to go in your shirt and be like, what's up? I'm not as cool as David Dobrik, but I'm here. I'll pass out iPads like he does. Yeah, perfect. All right. Tyvis. Adam, Adam Amin. Adam Amin first. Tyvis second. Maybe. I'll surprise you. <laughs> All right. Buckle it up. It should be Adam Amin first. Buckle up. Tyvis is my best friend. Drive the lane. All right, so we now welcome on to the Drive the Lane podcast, Adam Amin, who works for ESPN. Adam, thanks for coming on. How are we doing, man? I'm doing great, boys. How are you guys doing? Oh, you know, just living the podcasting dream, of course. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is your nightmare, actually. This is you, You've gone deep down to the bottom of the barrel for a guest, so here I am. <laughs> no, definitely not. But, you know, it would be a disservice to just say that you're – you know, helping out with the Bulls or doing some games on ESPN, doing Thursday Night Football. I think you definitely should kind of tell the listeners everything that you're doing because I honestly <laughs> don't even know all of it. Uh, oh, it's cool. It's cool, man. I, uh, you know, got done uh, with the national championship game for college football last week and uh, finished up a great college football season. Like you said, had a great year working uh, on Thursday nights. Uh, finished up NFL on ESPN radio at the end of the regular season. So now like the rest of us, I'm just a fan watching from the couch and enjoying the playoffs. And now we're getting, you know, we're right in the heart of basketball season. So uh, filling in on a handful of bulls games, uh, working NBA for ESPN and ESPN radio and uh, working men's college basketball and uh, a lot of the women's games uh, leading up to the women's final four. So we're right in the thick of it, man. Yeah, I mean, that's great because we are a college football, NFL, NBA, college basketball podcast. So that's perfect. perfect. <laughs> yeah, you fit right in here. Awesome. So, so, you know, before it gets to be, you know, February and really far from the college football season, what are your what are your kind of takeaways from this season and Joe Burrow being the best quarterback of all time, stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, listen, he put together arguably the best season ever, right? Most passing touchdowns, one of the best completion percentages of all time. Obviously, he had the weapons to do it, the offensive line as well. But, I mean, this was one of the great individual seasons for any position player, for any position in college football history. And certainly, I would I would say it's probably the greatest quarterback season of all time. Now, it, it's a little bit hard sometimes to compare those things because, you know, what was the era in the 80s like compared to the era in the 90s compared to now when there's – such a, a prevalency of spread offenses and, you know, a ton of passing. And I understand all that, but to put together the type of season he put together and, and cap it off the way he did with a dominant performance against the number one defense in the country. Uh, I, I think it's the greatest individual quarterbacking season ever. And certainly one of maybe the top five greatest individual seasons in college football of all time. So in your opinion, it's safe to say that he's a top five OSU football player of the decade, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a significant, uh, significant Buckeye legacy left uh, right there. You know, and, that, and that was the other thing, too, people were talking about. Like, oh, man, how did they 
how do they miss on this? And it's like, well, remember who was playing quarterback too. It was like they had Dwayne Haskins. Like this wasn't this wasn't like some that guy threw fifty touchdown passes too. Like it's not some it's not some run of the mill quarterback. This is a really good quarterback. It's hard to make this you can't play both guys and have them put together seasons like this. I think it takes, you know, maybe a change of scenery. It was the right spot for Burrow. He had the right coaching staff. He had Joe Brady to kind of uh, help him unleash some of what was maybe already there. Uh, and he had the system to do it, and he had the personnel around him to do it too. So I, I hate I hate kind of like I, – I would hate for Buckeye fans to sit here and be like, well, we missed out on, on this. It's like not, not really. You guys made the playoff. You know, you guys had a, a great QB at the helm this year. Uh, you know, when you have Dwayne Haskins, you're not, you can't really complain about the, the season that you put together when he has the type of career he had, uh, you know, towards the top of most of the Buckeye charts. So I, uh, I, I think he's, he's got a lot of pride in Ohio. Obviously, I think it'd be a great story if he ended up in Cincinnati, uh, assuming that, I mean, they're not, if they don't give away the number one pick, he's going to be the Bengals quarterback next year. Yeah, I don't know how much uh, research you did for this for this appearance, but we actually kind of have a Ohio State focus. Joey actually played basketball at Ohio State. But we put together our individual list of the top five Buckeyes of the decade. It was like basketball, football combined. And Joey put Joe Burrow on there and just got absolutely ripped. (laughs) I mean, I'm still getting getting direct messages from people saying, I'm going to find you and hurt you for the list that you've come up with. They don't understand that. If I'm putting Andrew Dockich and Joe Burrow on the list, it's not a super serious <laughs> list. Hey, listen, Doc, you know, you know, Dockich is, is one of my friends and right. and Andrew, I'll put I'm happy to put Andrew on any of the best human beings in college athletics lists uh that, that exist out there, man. I'd there be curious, go. like I I mean, I'm thinking if you're looking at football basketball, I'm thinking Haskins has to be on there. I would think uh D'Angelo Russell maybe might be on there. Uh, if you're going outside of that, I would put Kyle Snyder on there, uh, one of the great wrestlers in in NCAA history. I, I, I don't know who else who else you, you you tossed on that list. Well, people were very frustrated that we didn't have Kyle Snyder on there, but like we kind of said, we were kind of trying to stick to basketball and, yeah, and football. Yeah, absolutely. But and trying to, the, to get people to respond. Yeah, and the <laughs> sure. but the world didn't understand what we were doing, and we also had guys that we had had on the podcast before um, on there too because we're biased. So we had guys like. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tyvis Powell, who probably isn't making anyone else's list, but, but he made ours. So we, we had, you know, Jared Sullinger and, and D'Angelo Russell, like you said, and um, Ezekiel Elliott, and, and Ezekiel I put Elliott. Thad Mata on my list. Yeah. We had Thad Mata on there, yeah. So, I mean, it was it was the perfect mix of, you know, we got some credibility and then also lost a lot of credibility. It was a, it was a perfect mix of that. And then you couple that with Andrew predicting Oklahoma to play Ohio State in the national championship <laughs> game, and we had, a, we had a heck Swing of a showing miss. that week. Yeah. Swing and a miss. Exactly. <laughs> so, Adam, what were your thoughts on Ohio State this year? And I guess kind of moving forward, but we're still, I guess, in last season. We're still in grieving. Bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, still, we're still in a mourning period. That's totally <laughs> fine. I mean, listen, this is, uh, this is what you hope for, right? First full season uh, for Ryan Day making the transition, didn't know what to expect with a transfer quarterback in at the helm. Uh, but, I mean, this is this is what I, kind of what I was hoping for. I wanted to see Chase Young play as well as he did. I wanted to see him raise his draft stock, and obviously he'll be the first, I think, the first defensive player taken off the board uh, in, the, in the draft. So th- this is as gr- good of a season as you could have hoped for, kind of c- considering you ran into one of the best college football teams of the decade no like this is 
I, again, that's a winnable game in the semifinals. I don't know what happens in, a, in an LSU Ohio State championship game. I certainly would have loved to see it, but I, I, I mean, this, I mean, this is as good. I mean, this is as good of a season as you could have predicted, right? I mean, other than winning a national title, this is a great year. This is a fantastic year, especially with so many new pieces in there. You know, I, I think Chris Olave, you know, proved himself uh, to be a, a legit deep field threat, uh, downfield threat, one of the better ones in the country. Uh, J.K. Dobbins raised his draft stock in a big way. Uh, I, I think this is this is an excellent year, and the foundation's at least built. And there's a the, the, here's what I was worried about: is the expectation going to change at Ohio State? And it hasn't. You know, with with a new head coach, you never know what what that first year is going to be like. And if Ryan Day goes nine and three, and they lose a you know they go nine and four with a loss in a random bowl game they don't care about, like. Doesn't the expectation change a little bit? So I, I think this is as good of a year as you could hope for if you're Ryan Day. You, the expectation now does not change, which also means when the expectations are set nationally, that means the level of recruit that you can bring in doesn't change. Uh, that means they, they're, they're still going to get a top five recruiting class. It's still going to be five, uh, a significant level of five-star guys coming in. There's still going to be an opportunity, you know, whenever Justin Fields is done to have a significant recruit at quarterback to take his place or in kind of the modern era that we're kind of looking at in college football like I don't know why you would actually go out you wouldn't go out of your way to get grad transfer QBs guys who are already seasoned guys who have had starts under their belt when you know somebody else has already kind of done the development for you so I think you can do both of those things in the modern era of college football and I think Ohio State should have those expectations in fact going forward I think I mean they should be a top five preseason you know, top five team in the preseason going into next season. Yeah, one of the things that Ohio State kind of has going for them, and, you know, I, I went to the University of Missouri and Kelly Bryant came in this year, and obviously. Right, right, right. So, Ohio State, if you put Kelly Bryant at Ohio State, he does similar things as he does at Clemson. But Kelly Bryant at a school like Mizzou didn't look like Kelly Bryant at Clemson. So, Ohio State and LSU, Bama, those schools actually have a even beyond recruiting, have that benefit of if they lose the quarterback, grad transfers are going to succeed. So definitely what you were talking about. Uh, what's your early 2020, I guess it'll technically be 2021, college football playoff final four? Yeah, obviously with the caveat that it's way too early. I mean, Clemson, it's going to, you know, Trevor Lawrence is back. Travis Etienne's coming back. Uh, they still have the receiving core. Scary, scary. So number one, undoubtedly to me, is Clemson. Uh, and, and uh, again, they, they have an interesting schedule next year, but it shouldn't be anything that they have a significant level of trouble with. Uh, so I'll go Clemson. I'll be curious what Georgia looks like with Jamie Newman coming in at quarterback. Uh, I, I did a couple of Jamie's games, including their bowl game. Uh, you know, he, a lot of reps under his belt and I feel like he could be a really good fit for Georgia coming right away. Obviously they're going to lose DeAndre Swift. They're going to lose some, some punch in the running game. They've got really good receivers and a good offensive line. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to put Georgia in there right now, uh, maybe like a number four position, certainly battling for it. I think Alabama is a favorite in the SEC again. Uh, I was impressed with Mac Jones. Uh, I think, you know, the fact that they at least have a, a little bit of the receiving core coming back, as far as I know, Naj Najee Harris hadn't declared for the NFL draft. I'm not sure if that's changed in the last week or so, but I still feel like Alabama should be better than they were last year defensively because they had so many injuries and they played really well against a, 
again, I don't think Michigan's offense was anything to write home about, but it was a good offense. They played really well against it, you know, shut them out in the second half of that bowl game. So I feel like Alabama should be in the mix. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about a pass. You know, I was, I was hoping to maybe look at Oregon, but I, I don't know what they're going to look like as Justin Herbert goes away. Uh, I'm, I don't know what to expect from Michigan. Uh, I, I, you know, Texas will have a lot of talent coming back, but they've been so unreliable. And they've got a difficult non-conference schedule next year. You know, I, I think I think Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, oh, Alabama are probably the oh ones. I, I think, I think, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I was going to go. I, like I said, I, I I think Ohio State's easily a top five team. So I didn't. I, I was trying to see if there's anybody else I can really think of that that tops what they what they bring in. And frankly, I think it's I think those are the teams. I think Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama should be should be the four teams that that I would think are going to be sexy picks, you know, at, at least in the, in the initial run uh, early next year. Yeah, we definitely agree. What is your, uh, what's your buddy Pat McAfee thinking? Man, I, 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 I got to talk to McAfee. I got to figure out what he's thinking. He's, he's uh, traveling too much, man. That guy, that guy's a, a rock star. We had such a great year. I'm so proud of him. He had such a fantastic run this season and kind of acclimating himself into a world that he hadn't really been familiar with for a while. And, I just I love that guy, man. It, what a pleasure uh, to to get to work with him and, and become friends with him, and and uh, a lot of fun nights and, and a lot of fun broadcasts with with Pat, man. Uh, he's 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 gonna be busy. Uh, I know he likes Ohio State a lot. Uh, I know he likes Clemson a lot. Uh, I'm not sure where, what he's thinking beyond that, but uh, man, what a blast it was working with him this year. You got a uh, Pat McAfee story that's not out there yet from you and him that I, you're allowed to tell. <laughs> I think there are a few that I'm not allowed to tell, and I'm perfectly happy with keeping those uh, keeping those to myself. But no, like honestly, it's it's just the overall vibe of just hanging with him. He's such a magnetic personality. Uh, he's he's got like he's gravitational. You know, people just love him, and I can see why. He's he's the friendly one of the friendliest people you'd ever meet. Uh, he, he cares. He works his butt off. You know, that's the other thing. I don't think a lot of people see that part. And, and maybe they do, you know, if they follow him on, on social media or whatever, I'm sure at least they see a little bit of it. But I don't think really people realize how hard the guy works and, and how much focus he has to have and how much energy he has to have to pull up everything he was able to pull up. So uh, I think just in general, the overall vibe uh, of, of just being with him this year was unlike anything I'd ever experienced in, you know, nine years of working at ESPN. I think uh, my favorite part about uh, McAfee is, you know, he's uh, he's all about for the brand. You, obviously, anyone who breathes and follows him knows that. Um, and being a walk-on uh, at Ohio State, a walk-on is definitely the equivalent to a special specialist on a on a football yeah, team. Yeah. Yep. So the fact that he has given a major voice to the uh, the people that don't get as much love on the team. Uh, is very is big time, and I think that that's a little too serious for me to ever say to him. Um, but he has given a platform to the to the non superstars, which is something that's really really cool and probably something he didn't intend to do. I, and I, I think I think he did intend to do it. Actually, uh, I'll say it that way. I, I honestly think he understood that there there are voices out there that don't get enough attention and have plenty to offer. Like, I think he recognized that there's a little bit of a, of a lack of that, you know, they're like, we always hear from the quarterbacks. And by the way, like, I have no issue with that. I want to hear from those guys, obviously. Uh, I want to hear from, and that's why I think our booth was so much fun this year with Matt, you know, Hasselbeck and, and Pat, you know, guys who played together, who are teammates, who have a genuine love and affection for one another and come from two completely different perspectives. And 
you know, I, I give Matt so much credit because Matt is one of the greatest teammates you'd ever find. And anybody who played with him in the NFL would say so. And anybody who works with him at ESPN now would say the same thing. He's a great teammate. And he and I both wanted Pat to just be himself and give, give a voice to who he thought he wanted to give a voice to. And his voice matches what you just talked about, Joey. It's, it's, it's that. It's the guy who doesn't necessarily get, you know, the most opportunity. But he may, but if, if, if anything defines Pat, it's the fact that he makes the most of any space he's given. And that was whether it was football, whether it was, whether it's radio, his podcast, his show now, uh, the time he gets on TV, the games he does with us, like it was valuable. And that's, I, I agree with you 100%. I think he did that purposefully. I think, you know, it may, I, I don't know if it, he expected it to kind of blow up the way it did. And I'm so happy that it did. But I don't know if he expected that. But he was certainly aware that he wanted to give a different perspective and a perspective that maybe doesn't get as much shine. And I'm glad he did it. Yeah. So obviously you worked with, uh, you worked with Pat and Matt. You know, you were with Stacey King with the Bulls when you're on the NBC Chicago and you have your ESPN colleagues that you work with. Is there a sport or a, maybe a partner that when you see that assignment, you're like, hell yes, I'm psyched to do this. Uh, I mean, I, I'm lucky to work with a lot of great people, but I'm going to Toronto on Wednesday and, and it's me and Doris Burke on, uh, on Raptors Sixers this week. And Doris is one of my, one of my close friends and somebody who I, I look, you know, I, I lean on a lot. You know, she, she has such great respect uh, earned from everybody in the NBA, uh, the players, the coaches, uh, you know, it's, I get, I get that there's some semblance of novelty because she is the first full-time national NBA analyst that was a female, but I think it doesn't really matter anymore. I think it's, I think it's the fact that she's so well-respected and so well thought of around the league and she's so smart and she knows the league inside and out. I saw her the other day, I was doing the Sixers Bulls game. Uh, and it was the one national TV game that the Bulls have this year. Doris happened to be there, so we got to catch up. And uh, we were uh, we were talking about how we we're going to get to do the, the Sixers again this week. So I'm uh, I'm pumped, man. As soon as I I look at the schedule and I know, hey, it's me and DB. It's, I, I know it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, that's awesome. So what what are the chances that you say something in the game like? And Ben Simmons drives the lane. Shout out to the Drive the Lane podcast. <laughs> Andrew Zolman, <Joey> Lane. <laughs> Maybe maybe it'll be a more of a Carol Burnett uh, tugging my ear type of thing. I'll just really <laughs> emphasize driving the lane about that. Yeah, if you say it enough, then people will, will, <laughs> will, will be like, ooh, I really like that phrase. Let's Google it. Let's Google it. Let's, let's, Google look, it, let's look it up on the podcast, on Apple Podcasts. Hopefully, hopefully you guys are, are the top hit at that point, man. <laughs> but, yeah, so the six, Sixers are definitely a contender out there in the East. You got a NBA Finals preview in your mind or not really yet? I mean, listen, it, it is hard to look at anybody but Milwaukee and think that, you know, they're not the favorite in the East. And I think I think Philly, when they're at full strength, uh, they've got – I think Joel Embiid is one of the hardest matchups in the NBA, especially in the Eastern Conference. Boston, I don't think, can hang with him. Uh, I don't think Toronto can necessarily hang with him. But I think it's different when it's Milwaukee, man. Giannis is the ultimate matchup nightmare. He has so many three-point weapons around him. Everybody just about on that roster can shoot it. Uh, and and he, he's expanded the range. He's scary. He's just a scary player. And I can't right now picture anybody, as long as Milwaukee's healthy, in a seven-game series beating them four times out of seven. I just can't see it right now. So uh, I think Milwaukee's proven itself with the depth of, of roster in the East. Uh, not to say that you, they won't have a tough series. I think Toronto can give them a tough series. I, I had Toronto earlier this year. They're playing well, even without 
you know, Pascal Siakam and Norman Powell and, and uh, Marcus all, all those guys are back now. Uh, when Philly's healthy, when Embiid comes back, they'll be in good shape. But uh, I, I think, I think Milwaukee's a clear cut. And on the other side, it's a little bit harder in the West to figure out, which I think has been the case a lot these last few years. You know, Lakers are great. Can they stay healthy? Uh, can they get enough production outside of Anthony Davis and LeBron, which I think is a question mark at times. Uh, and and I'm, again, the that's the same question for the Clippers. Like if Paul George is, they're great when George and Kawhi play together. They're like 14 and four, I think, when Kawhi and Paul George are on the floor together in, in a game this year. They're great, uh, but their their health issues are are a concern to me. Um, I, I don't know what to expect out of Houston. I think Russell Westbrook's a little bit volatile. We I, we haven't seen him make a deep run of the playoffs yet, uh, at least in the last few years. They're certainly not without Durant on that roster. Uh, I, I mean, I still I'd still lean towards the Lakers and the Bucks. I think they're they're probably the favorites. Uh, understandable, they've got the best records in their respective conferences, but they've gotten to this point. You know, you're at the point where you can kind of evaluate that as we close in on the All Star break. It, it's hard for me to pick anybody else as the favorites right now, especially leaning heavily on Milwaukee. How fun is a second round matchup in the West between the Lakers and the Clippers going to be at Staples Center? I, I think it'd be I think it'd be fantastic, and and I I would hope at some point it gets precluded by uh, a uh, Lakers Mavericks series as well, just because I, I love I'm 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 obsessed with Luka Doncic. I just think he's such a fun player to watch. Uh, but I think Clippers Lakers, uh, you know, I'll see them on the trip in L.A. when we're with the Bulls, so I'll get a chance to see them up close. Uh, as we get towards the end of the season, the the level of, of venom in that building is just going to be awesome to for us to witness. You saw what it was like on Christmas, you know, Patrick Beverly's defense, you know, that 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 was proven last year that that can get carried throughout an entire playoff run. I I can't wait for a series like that. And I certainly hope we're treated to something like that. I think that the Lakers should trade for Derrick Rose. What do you think about that? I mean, he'd be a great piece. He'd be a great piece. What are you going to give up? Obviously, is the question. Do you have enough assets to want to give him give up something major right now? Whether it is a draft pick or anything else going forward, you know, you're you may you're not guaranteed Anthony Davis going forward. So, you know, you don't know if you want to mortgage a lot of um, a lot of draft picks at this point yet. You know, it's a little bit of a tough situation to be in. So, I would love to see that. I think Derek would be a great fit. Uh, as this as the first or second guard coming in off the bench and he can give you scoring as he's proven in Detroit this year and he's he's frankly proven the last couple of years going back to Minnesota uh he's proven that he's back at least in that role maybe he's not a lead guy but he's certainly a great backup and and you need that in in the playoffs when when certain guys get locked down when teams start to play a little bit more intensified defense your second unit is that much more important Toronto has proven it uh, the last couple of years, Golden State proved it for a good chunk of time where they had really good pieces in their second unit. So I think it'd be a great fit. I just don't know what you're going to be able to give up and what kind of assets you're, you're, you're willing to mortgage at this point. All right, one more trade question for you. All right, who, who wins this trade? You ready? Damn it. <clears throat> Lori Markkinen. Okay. <laughs> for Cash. <laughs> That's pick, it. pick your team pick your team <laughs> and they get laurie markinen and the bulls get cash That's but so but mean. but cash considerations but or, or just cash jim boylan is included in the deal <laughs> oh, oh my gosh <laughs> the worst possible question you could ask <laughs> an employee of the team by the way i know I just... right, well, well let me let me let me let me give you a, uh, at least a little bit of love on on laurie marketing i i i need to see him be more aggressive for sure 
that is the that is the big thing with Lowry. He needs to be more aggressive. You can't you you can't utilize him as strictly a stationary three point shooter. Although he is a really good shooter, and I'm glad he's shooting more because we've seen it. He can get streaky again. I think he's a good shooter when you give him the volume to be one. He's the fastest in NBA history to 100 three pointers. I, I I like him as a shooter, but I think you can emphasize a little bit more of his skill set. A, you know, European player. He's got a good background. He's got a different skill set. I think if you can find a way to utilize that in a certain system, I, I think it'd be great. The problem is, does he work with the current iteration of the roster? I'm not sure. And if you can find a way to utilize him in different ways, I think he could be a really tough matchup. That's the thing. You can put him at the five against a smaller lineup, and that really is a difficult matchup to play uh, to, to play against. You can put him at the three or the four against the first unit. He might honestly just be more athletic or more strong uh, than, than anybody he's matched up with. So I think there's potential there. There's certainly, we've certainly seen flashes of it. We've seen it a couple of times this year, whether it was against Charlotte or Detroit, like there's clearly potential for marketing to be more than what he is shown to be. We saw it. We saw him be streaky a couple times last week and then kind of shut down in the second half. I don't want him to lose that aggressiveness. And I think he can, if you can find a way to utilize him, I think you're going to be in really good shape with him. Otherwise. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anything's off the table right now for the bulls in terms of personnel i don't think anything's off the table at this point except for maybe levine and and your your early round or um, your early season like you know draft picks you know wendell carter is only in a second year things like that i think those guys are probably pretty good pretty good where they're at kobe white i think you got to stick with and levine you obviously got two more years on that contract other than that i don't think anything's off the table i think that this podcast is split down the middle in terms of larry marketing i'm a huge sure. larry marketing fan um, Zoldan, maybe not as much. I'm just frustrated. <laughs> he just, I, I just get texts from Zoldan at like one in the morning saying. That's my last name, by the way, if you're. <laughs> yeah, I get texts <laughs> yeah, from, no, from Andrew Zoldan um, at like one thirty in the morning saying, oh my God, I can't believe Lori went one for six from three. And I'm like, I, I, okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> exactly. But we both love Zach Levine and we both think yeah. he should be an all-star. I'm assuming you agree. Um, but I, I already voted. I, I put it put in my uh, my final vote today. Who? I, that's what I, I was going to ask you. Yeah. Who's who's your uh, who are your who's your vote? Your starting went, your starting lineups. Uh, yeah, yeah. I went Levine and Kemba Walker. I, I and, and I'm sure I'm a little bit biased because I've seen Boston a couple times this year. I think Kemba Walker's been such a good fit. I think he's had a phenomenal season, especially considering he's playing with Tatum and Brown, two budding stars. Uh, I just love how he's run that offense, and he's been so durable even after that scary neck injury. Uh, for, you know, he only missed one game. I, I voted for Levine and Walker in my backcourt. And then my front court was uh, Giannis, obviously. Uh, I threw uh, Jason Tatum in there because I just, I think he's had such an explosion offensively this season. I easily could have voted for Jalen Brown too. Uh, and I think Jalen, you know, certainly will be in the mix for a, a reserve nod. Uh, and then, uh, I, I did put Joel Embiid in there. When you're third in the NBA in rebounding, you're leading Philadelphia in scoring, you know, 23 and 12, excellent shot blocker, all that stuff. Uh, so I, that was my starting five in the East. And then in the West, uh, backcourt was pretty easy. Harden and Doncic, you know, Harden, the numbers he's putting up are insane. I think Doncic is the most versatile player in the NBA right now. And then front court wise, I feel silly that, it, you know, it was just, I, I kind of purged it from my system a little while ago. Uh, Trying to remember who I put in front court wise for for the West. Either way, LeBron and Anthony Davis. I put both of them on there, and uh, I honestly can't remember the tenth guy. But I mean, that, you kind of get the gist of, of what right. I was looking at all star wise. Yeah, totally. Uh, one quick thing: 
Markkinen had eight points, two of eleven tonight. But yeah, <laughs> match up with Giannis probably. Is yeah, that's, that's that's. I think there's going to be a lot of guys with that stat line yeah. going up against Milwaukee this year. So, uh, one quick thing about the Bulls, and I got one quick thing about the NBA as a whole. I think the Bulls' <laughs> biggest problem, and problem is is kind of an interesting word, is they didn't get the pick where you can take Zion, Ja, right. Ben Simmons. Uh, well, that was a year before, but they didn't resign. I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, I get what you're saying. It's just, it's frustrating, but it's not frustrated with the Bulls. It's frustrating to see Ja do what he's doing. It's frustrating to see Tatum do what he's doing. Lonzo, you know, because those are guys that we, or I didn't mean Lonzo. I meant, uh, well, yeah, even Lonzo. He had like five, triple double. Yeah, sure. Or like, or like, or like a brand, or like a Brandon Ingram. Like, right, you right. know, guys just that, frust- like, that get taken in those first like two or three lottery spots. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Exactly. It's just frustrating to see those guys who during the college basketball season, you envision in a Bulls uniform and then it and then doesn't we get the happen. seventh or eighth pick. And, <laughs> and then this year, I don't really see anyone in college basketball that I'm like, God, I really hope the Bulls get him because that's going to be the difference maker. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. And when the draft classes don't seem deep and they really, you're right. They really haven't been that particularly deep the last couple of years. Like we kind of knew who the studs were coming out of this draft. We knew like it was Morant and and obviously we knew Zion was going to be the number one pick, but it's hard. You're right. Like, I mean, I don't know. I hadn't seen enough of James Wiseman at the college level to know what type of pick he was going to be. Obviously, he's going to be a lottery pick. Uh, Anthony Edwards, I have been impressed by. Uh, the kid from Georgia, I think he's a great scorer. Obi Toppin, who's playing at uh, Dayton, might be the best college basketball player in the country, although you know, certainly take into consideration in conference play some of the uh, competition he's going up against. But outside of that, who are you really excited about? Is it Cole Anthony? Like, he's banged up right now. That's not a great sign for a kid uh, in his freshman year at college. Like, are you going to go uh, outside of the United States to find somebody? Are, are we looking at, you know, the, the Mannion kid from Arizona right now? Like, there's not a lot of depth to this draft class. So it's it's tough. This year is tough in particular. I thought Kobe White was a great pick considering where you got him. Yeah. Like, honestly, if I, I go back and look at the draft, I'm like, who else were you really going to get? You know, and, and some guys might have, you know, good, solid rookie seasons, but I love Kobe White. I think I think there's a lot of potential there. I think he could be a really solid point guard if he learns the position. I think he has ability to shoot the ball a little bit better than he has, but he's shooting the ball right around the same clip that we kind of we, we saw last year. But who else are you going to go get? Like, I like the, the Kobe White pick. I'm not sure I'm going to be excited, you know, just as a fan about anybody that the Bulls take because I don't really know what type of commodities we have coming out of the draft this year because there just hasn't been a lot of exposure to him. I like Toppin. I like Anthony Edwards. You know, I I enjoy watching Cole Anthony when he's healthy, but, like, who are you really going to go after? Yeah, I definitely think if there was a year to trade the pick, even really if it was the number one pick, it's this year. Uh, Yeah. I, I think the NBA product as a whole as a whole has not been as exciting for me personally this year, and I think that that has to do with uh, – and then th- this will be one of the last questions. I think that has to do a lot with, uh, you know, Steph being out, Clay being out, Durant being out, yeah, Kyrie not very, really playing. Very good point. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it, like it, this is this is what, what plagued the year kind of going into it. Clay has been her – like, Golden State being bad, so bad – so suddenly because of the injuries and obviously Durant Durant leaving like it's it's but it's jarring like it is jarring to see like how far they how far they've fallen just because of injuries 
uh, this season. Like I was excited when D'Angelo Russell was going over to Golden State. I thought that was a great pickup, especially considering you had money to spend and you lost Durant. Well, you, you know, it's not going to be the same scoring threat, but you're going to have a really solid lineup throughout. Uh, you know, and then the injury issues kind of take hold and it messes with, with the entire vile roster, like Kyrie being hurt most of the year and then kind of the drama that goes with him as well. And he's clearly not made, he clearly doesn't love it in Brooklyn right now. The, the fit just doesn't seem to be there. And maybe we're learning a little bit more about Kyrie than anything else. You know, I, I, I you know, Zion hasn't played. He's supposed to make his debut after our game on Wednesday night. So like, you're right. Like it, these are the things that kind of have, I mean, the, the ratings are obvious. Like, Mm-hmm. It, it's hurt the ratings this year. Boston's a great team to watch on TV. Milwaukee's a great team to watch on TV. That's why the ratings were good on Thursday night for that game because you have a star in Giannis and the best team in the league, and you've got a Boston team that has star power that's recognizable throughout the lineup. Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, young stars. Like, they're easily recognizable. So that's why the ratings are good, and it helps that they're both playing well. So you're right about that, man. Joel Embiid being hurt right now doesn't help. Yeah. It does not help the league. Yeah, totally agree. You know, we're going we're gonna to let you go. Really appreciate you coming on. But last thing, have you watched any Ohio State basketball this year, and what are your thoughts? I haven't watched a ton of it this year, but you're I'm lucky. getting geared up. Not, not, <laughs> <laughs> now that we're getting into the meat of uh, a Big Ten season, uh, now we get a real chance. I, you know, I saw a little bit of the game against Kentucky this year. I don't think that was a, you know, you can't really use that necessarily as a great gauge. Did not look very good the other night against Penn State. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, like it, it, there, there's some, there's some serious concern. And obviously now you got suspensions to deal with. Uh, you know, the personnel shifting that's not going to help right now for, for, for this roster. So I haven't seen a ton of them. I'm obviously going to watch a little bit more as we get in the heart of conference season. Yep, sounds good. All right, appreciate you coming <laughs> on, man. Chief, Chiefs or 49ers? Well, based on Andy Reid's quote about what he did after uh, winning the AFC Championship and saying that he ate a cheeseburger and went to bed, Chiefs by a million. <laughs> I right. think that's fair. All right, thanks, man. Next time, <laughs> next time we'll get your cat and dog theory. Yeah, you got, you got it, boys. All right, thanks, thanks man. <laughs> See ya. How you been? You been good? Oh yeah, everything's good. You know, been resting my body. But I can't really rest because I'm, like, the type of person that just can't sit around. So I'm supposed to be resting, but I still be lifting and whatnot. <laughs> are you XFLing or are you trying to make a comeback next year? Oh, no. I'm, they, the Broncos signed me to a futures deal, so I'm still with them. All right. There we go. Is that breaking news? I mean, it ain't breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> if people didn't know that, then I guess it would be breaking news. But, I mean, I did that before I left Denver after the last game. Oh, well, that's good. Drew Locke is a, is a stud, isn't he? He's a young – he's a bucking Bronco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's something. I tell you what, his last, his last few games, he was, he was doing very well. His future is bright. <laughs> All right, well, we've been recording, so we'll just keep it rolling anyway. <laughs> so, Tyvis, what do you what think up? about the Super Bowl? What are your thoughts? <laughs> you know, I think it's going to be a good Super Bowl. I think this Super Bowl will probably be, like, one of the best Super Bowls we've seen in a while. Like, I'm not going to say this is, it's going to be as good as Brady's comeback against Atlanta. But it's going to be like 
Brady's comeback first. against Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that 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 was just too iconic. I don't think it's gonna be that iconic, but I think it's gonna be a very good competitive game. Like I don't see either team blowing the the other team out. You still got some uh, buddies on the 49ers, don't you? Yeah, I do actually. <laughs> Who are you still close I got- with? I mean, I said, uh, really all of them. But I mean, obviously, Sherm still my guy. Still talk to him all the time. Um, Should we give him a call? (laughs) Uh, He probably is, too, but I ain't about to call. He's busy. (laughs) But I can't. But it's hard for me to just root for that because I still got, like, buddies that's on the cheese. Like, like Frank Clark grew up in Cleveland, and I know Frank. uh, Darren Lee plays for the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. And that's my guy. Like, I still talk to him almost, like, on a every week-to-week basis. So, it's like, you know, I'm kind of – I got to be Switzerland, you know? <laughs> I got to be Switzerland this game. I can't vote – I can't root for no team. Yeah, you can get one of those jerseys that's half Chiefs, half 49ers. <laughs> cheering for everyone. Well, then they're not going to respect me, you know? They're going to call – the 49ers going to call me a traitor, you know? I got – like, you know, they did – well, they did pay me for two seasons, so, you know. <laughs> you could just do what Rob Lode just did and just wear the hat that says NFL. That's true. I could pull that. No, I'm just not making – I ain't saying nothing. I'm rooting for a good game. How about that? All right. Did, <laughs> you, did you see what Darrell Rivas tweeted at Richard Sherman, which was just so ridiculous? Yeah, yeah you know, the, the – that's been the knock on Sherm his whole career. I mean, him had a, a very – it's funny you say that because we had a conversation about that, like, back in, like, October. And I was explaining to him, like, I was like, saying the reason that people don't respect you that much is because all these other corners travel. Like, they travel with number one receivers. And he brought up a very interesting point. <laughs> his point was, well, Titans, what's the point of a corner traveling with a receiver – if the receiver is still scoring touchdowns and getting over 100 yards a game, is it really effective? I said, well, you make a good point, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, there would be no point in traveling there. You might as well stay on yourself. So then, he, then another point he was bringing up was he was like, Tyus, name me some left tackles that you respect. He's like, he's like would, you, would you say that Joe Thomas was a good, was a good left tackle? I said, heck yeah, he's one of the best. He said, okay, what about like a, a Marcus Peters? What would you say, Marcus Peters? I was like, I was like, yeah, I, I respect him too. <laughs> I respect him, you know, dude for the Eagles. I mean, Jason Peters. I'm yeah, like, I was going to say, Marcus Peters, yeah, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, Jason <laughs> Peters. He's like, you respect Jason Peters? I said, yeah, for sure. He was like, okay. Why don't they ask them to go? <laughs> said, would, you say, would you say that? Would you say Bond Miller is like one of the best pass rushers? I said, absolutely. So why they don't ask them to switch sides? <laughs> 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 Line up on the other side. Yeah. I said, yeah, you got a point there, too. <laughs> That's very true. But, that is a really good point. Richard Sherman's yeah, he, he brings some very interesting points, you know, so it's hard to argue with the man. Yeah, but, he, like, I always try to I try to find <laughs> loopholes. Like, me and his arguments is always, you got you to gotta come with some good facts if you're going to argue with him, so... Yeah, he's a smart guy. I don't know if you know this, but he actually uh, went to Stanford. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. (laughs) I don't know if he's ever mentioned it. Listen, I'm not going to let him out. He's not going to outsmart me, okay? I don't care if I'm wrong. I'm going to argue it until it's right. (laughs) Exactly. Makes sense. So, you know, 
this college football season definitely did not have the end that any of the three of us wanted. <laughs> me, and, yeah. me and you kind of texted throughout the season. What do you think went wrong in that game? I think we lost because of bad referee. Oh, <laughs> don't give me that. Don't give us that. <laughs> we was robbed. <laughs> no, you know, I think um, I think really what happened was it was the fact that we didn't score in the red zone as many times as we needed to. Um, we got down there a lot, and we ended up settling for field goals. So I knew that those would come back to haunt us. Anytime you get in the red zone that many times and you kick that many field goals, it's always going to come back to haunt you. But like I say, they they were up. What were we up? Six, it was up 16 nothing. I want to say. And the fact that you know, a couple of calls. I think it all started with Deshaun Wade targeting call. That kind of gave uh, them some momentum. And then I never knew Trevor Lawrence was that even that fast. <laughs> mm-hmm. But once he started scrambling, I was like, man, like this, like they really like opened up. Because I think before that, I think I read a stat that said, I think Halfley said that he only had like 15 design runs on the season. So they didn't look at him like a runner like that either. So I think that kind of surprised a lot of people. And, you know, like I say, when their fumble happened that they called back, I mean, that was kind of like the icing on the cake. But I think the main thing I would say is the fact that we didn't score in the red zone. Yeah, I definitely agree. Trevor Lawrence kind of looks like a, a stallion. With that long flowing hair when he's running down the sideline. What do you think? Yeah. Good looking guy, yes or no? No. <laughs> <laughs> he kinda looks like yeah. handsome Squidward. They say he looked like the dude he looked like uh Ronnie Bass. <laughs> like Ronnie who we Bass. got who we got laughing? Who's, yeah, who's who laughing we got laughing at jokes at back there? Oh, that's my that's my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop making her laugh then. My bad. <laughs> They say he look like Ronnie Bass, man. Look like Sunshine. But they, but they say he's like the best quarterback that's gonna come out since Johnny Elway. I said, man, some number. That's something to beat right there, ain't it? I can't. You know, that's my boss now, so I gotta agree. Yeah, he he is your boss, but uh, he's he's a pretty good boss. He found Drew Locke. Drew Locke, great guy, great quarterback. Went to a great Drew. school. Great some rapper. Some would say he went to a better school than Ohio State. I don't know oh who would say that, but God. some would. Oh, here you go, man. <laughs> here you go. That's that's y'all proud of Joey, huh? What do you say, that's me? All, yeah, that's what all. What do you say, got. me, you, Joey, Drew Locke, Richard <laughs> Sherman? Head up to Columbia, Missouri, grab a couple beers. What do you say? <laughs> if they're all down for it, we, we can make it happen. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I am not down for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Tyvis, anything anything funny happened to you lately? Lately, let's see. I don't think nothing. <laughs> have anything ever funny to me lately? Think funny, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think nothing like. I've been, I've been chilling. I ain't like I said, I'm chilling. I ain't really been. I've been trying to fall back. You know, I've been trying to get my mind right. You know, <laughs> my, my, my girlfriend. My girlfriend's having a baby in July. We having a baby in July. Congratulations! So my, oh wow, that's awesome. Congrats. That. Is, that breaking, get, is that breaking? Is that breaking news? Right. Well, she had. We announced it on Christmas Eve. Okay, so, so no, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's a, uh, that's my fault. What is William in this breaking news? <laughs> we want to break we're news. Just, we're, di- we're, we're addicted, we're addicted to, breaking to breaking news. To breaking news. <laughs> I see that. 
You know, I, you know what? That Joey didn't know, but I actually saw you. Oh, you okay. Post that, so congratulations. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I sure. appreciate that. Some, yeah. Something funny that we actually wait. Did. You know, Andrew goes around and says he is your number one. But you're you're his number one best friend. Like that's when he, he introduces himself as Andrew's old and Tyvis Powell's best friend. That, Just so you know. That's factual. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you. We go, we go way back. Yeah, thank way you. Back. Sometimes I'll just text Tyvis and be like, hey, man, happy new year. And he's like, you know what? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so we made our we made our list of top five Buckeyes of, of the decade, and I put you, because, of course, we're best friends, I put I you on my Very list. <laughs> and someone responded and said, Hey, man, I don't know what the deal with this is, but Tyvis Powell does not deserve to be on this list. And you responded to the guy and said, hey, man, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Thanks for responding. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, that, I mean, that's, if I made a list, he wouldn't be on my list. So it's kind of like, you know, I don't see where he was going with that. Like, I don't. Like you can make your own list. They're not asking. Like they say, make your own list. Like don't comment on what somebody else has to say. Like if that's not what you agree with, then that's fine. I mean, that is what it is. But you don't have to criticize nobody, you know. Yeah, we, we just really appreciate appreciate you being our our Twitter security guard because <laughs> I know, got you know, I, I got I, more mean I, tweets and mean messages from that than ever before, and mine was just like. Yeah. I, like I was just joking. I, I mean, I'm like, trying to, I'm trying to keep it like rated G because I don't want to really, I don't really take people try to take me there. You know, like, like at Ohio, even at Ohio State, I, I have received a lot of tweets that was very hurtful, and I try not to respond to it because if I if I go there, it's like go be all bad. So I don't even want to go there. <laughs> I try to I try to respond in a very positive way because I'm a very positive person. So I just want people to stay positive, and I try to respond positively because if I go there, just <laughs> it's over with. It's over with. So I'm not even gonna go there with people. That's yeah, that's I, some good advice, and I got I got some more good advice for you, Tyvis. You ready? Yeah, let's hear it. So if you get a big signing bonus from the Broncos. Here are some things that you should spend it on, okay? First and foremost, a jet ski. No, I, I, you took, I was going to say, no, I was gonna I say never you, should buy, that again. you should buy a lot of our, our Drive the Lane shirts. I can do that. And you should buy, and you should do zero jet ski trips. That was going to be my recommendation. I'm never going, I'm never messing with a jet ski ever again. Like, that, that was, you know how much money that cost me? You know how much money that cost me? <laughs> oh, man. You're probably still in debt from that jet ski. No, like I said, man, Sherm hooked me out. He looked out for me on that one. So I, I got out of debt fast, but I would have been, which is sad that my whole signing bonus was really going to something that, to something like that. I, I never even done before. Like, I never even, why you bring that up? Why you, why you, that's a dark time of my life. That's, that's nice of Richard Sherman to do that. You know, he's a smart guy. He went to Stanford. What a, what a guy. You know? guy. Stand-up guy. Stand-up guy. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he definitely is a stand-up guy. He doesn't bite. He bites his tongue for no one. Yeah, that definitely. is clear, which is awesome. <laughs> makes, for great, makes for great press conferences. I think I just when he um, – I think it was the week before – or the, uh, the one of the days leading up to the, before the Packers game, someone asked him some dumb media question, and uh, he responded like he does with giving, <laughs> giving somewhat of a mean answer. And uh, – <laughs> 
uh, it it made me remember the greatest interview of all time with Aaron Andrews <laughs> when, when he just yelled at her about Michael Crabtree. You put a sorry answer saying like Crabtree on me. That's what you're gonna get. <laughs> who who are you talking about? Crabtree. Crabtree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just all time. Yeah, man, he he definitely might have the best post game interview of all time. He's 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 gonna go down in history for that for sure. Yeah, Among- I, can't, I can't blame the guy. He was really he was really caught up in the moment, and I think when Crabtree pushed him in his face at the end, I think he just went on ten after that. Uh, can you think of any sorry ass receivers that you've had to guard? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's a few. I won't. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I won't. I won't mention no names on here. I went. You know, I went against Sherman practicing a lot. I strapped him a couple of times. <laughs> you know, Sherman was actually a, a receiver before turning corner. Yeah. You know, he went to Stanford. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got. I got one more question for you. Stanford. Stanford can't beat the Buckeyes, so I ain't really worried about it. That's a good point. One more question for you. Ready? (laughs) Which which would you rather have to do? Okay? Oh, oh man. Neither. Get get run over by Derrick Henry. Okay? No, Uh have to tackle Derrick Henry. Have to tackle Derrick Henry. You're not going to get run over. You'll tackle him. Or, or Or take a helmet swing to the head from Miles Garrett. Ooh. <laughs> I rather tackle Miles Garrett. I mean, because, because if that's the helmets, we can think. You know what? The funny thing about that, that man really was trying to press charges. Uh-huh. <laughs> he really took it there. And I'm kind of shocked that, like, he really thought, like, that was, like, the best thing to do. Hey, no, speaking of that, I'm glad you brought that up. So I was arguing with a buddy of mine who was saying, because I think. I think it was either the game before ours or it might have been our last game. We was playing the Raiders, and I want to say it might have been the week before. It was a fight. I think it was a dude from the Raiders that got into a fight, and he, like, like punched the dude. It, what, was it the Lions? It might have been the Lions and Raiders. I can't remember, but the dude, like, beat the dude. It was actually the Colts because he punched Jack Doyle. I remember. All right, which team and was it? <laughs> it was the, it was the Lions. It was the dude. I don't remember who the Lions. Not the Lions. It was the Colts, but I don't remember who they was playing. <laughs> it was the Colts. They was playing the Colts for sure. The dude punched Jack Doyle, like, like tried to really beat him up. And I think he only got suspended for, like, a game. So me and my, me and my friend was talking about it. And he tried to say that that the Miles Garrett thing is unfair because Albert Haynes were stumped on a man's head when he was with the Titans. You got to look on YouTube. Oh, I've, <laughs> I've seen that video. Yeah, he said he, said he stumped the man. And I think he got like three or four games right. suspended. And, and I'm trying to say like, how do you okay? He stumped on his head. He didn't even really stump on it that hard. He like like literally kind of like stepped on it a little bit, but he didn't do it as hard as he could have. Like, how do you say that Miles Garrett only deserves four games and he took a whole helmet and swung it at a man's head? And, and, and you telling me you don't think he deserved at least ten? Yeah. Like maybe ten? Like I don't, I wouldn't suspend him for a whole year. I would like. I would definitely give him like ten, maybe ten, like that, you know. But uh, what? What? How many did he serve this year anyway? It was like an indefinite suspension or whatever. <laughs> so whatever they, that means. 
I think he's out until you get signed. That's what the commissioner says. So he's back. Oh, he should be playing right now. Yeah, he's back. <laughs> Tyvis, you know, you know that was the game that I actually had a ticket for you for, but you were already in Denver. Yeah, it's true because I think I just left to go to Denver yeah, too. We would, we would have had a fun time you, at that game. You were at the game. You yeah, at the game. I was at the game and I had a ticket for you, but you were busy with Drew Locke instead of me. But I, I, I you had to be like happy for me at least. I was very happy for as you, your, but as your best friend, I was, was thrilled. I was very upset thinking about what we would have been doing after Either, we watched we Miles Garrett hit someone in the head with a helmet. I kind of feel bad because I feel like I missed out on something. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've been you. How many times in our life are we going to witness a guy and take somebody's helmet off his head and hit him in his own head with his own helmet? <laughs> Wait, I got to ask you, is I th- my opinion is, is this is one of the dumbest things in sports when football players get into fist fights with helmets on and are punching each other in the helmet. <laughs> Well, you gotta think now. Hold on, this is this is what you gotta realize. Yeah, I need people your. That, I need this. I need this. People that play football, they're not dumb. <laughs> they're not, I'm, and I'm gonna tell you why. So let me, I'm gonna give you a story. So last, when I was with San Francisco, what was that? Let yeah, it was last year. Yeah, last year I was with San Francisco, and we played. We scrimmaged the Texans. We had we had our. Second, I want to say it was our second preseason game against the Texans, and we had to go do joint practice with them, right? Uh-huh. So before we go out on the field, they say they explain the rules. They like, look, we're gonna have a great practice. If anybody throws any punches, you're done. Like you're done for the day. You're getting kicked out. You're getting sent home, and you're done with practice. Okay. So both teams agreed on it. You know, all right, yeah, <laughs> whatever. We get to one on ones. Okay. <laughs> I think Sherm is not practicing at the time because he was just coming off of his uh his injury and they didn't want they wanted to ease him back in. So at the time, Jimmy Ward was at corner. So we go Spoon takes a rep with somebody and then Jimmy Mizzou. Dick, huh? <laughs> Another Mizzou guy. <laughs> oh, we don't care. Spoon. Spoon ain't from no Akello ain't from no no Missouri. From Wait, Colorado. which spoon? Akello Witherspoon. Oh, I thought you were talking Sean Witherspoon. He's Mizzou. Oh yeah, no. All right, keep oh, going. Uh, Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. The only the only Mizzou people we respect is you and and, and Locke. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. And my boy Mark uh Marcus Lucas, but that's another story. Anyways. <laughs> So we get to one on ones, <laughs> and B Hop goes up against Jimmy, and Jimmy, you know, they got kind of physical at the line. Make a long story short, the the pass was incomplete, and Jimmy and D Hop starts fighting, like swinging punches, and D Hop's helmet is off, but Jimmy's helmet is on. So why D Hop threw these punches, I don't know, but Jimmy was actually connecting his punches. So if you look on the tape, because this was, was on Hard over. Knocks, wasn't it? Yeah, no, well, no, because we wasn't on. We no, wasn't but on the hard Texans knocks. were. No, the Texans wasn't on Hard Knocks that year. This was that was the year the Browns was on Hard Knocks. I think. The, I, I okay. Joey's anyway, thinking sorry. of another D Hop fight, but yeah, keep going. Sorry, yeah, he, he, <laughs> thinking, he thinking of the D Hop fight with uh, D'Angelo Hall. Yeah, but anyway, Redskins. yeah, anyways. They get to fight. If you if you got to go back and find this clip, <laughs> they got you can see Sherm like behind the fight, 
Sherm's helmet is off, but all these people starting to fight. So Sherm throws the helmet on first and then <laughs> runs in. So that right there lets me know that he definitely went to Stanford. Yeah, he's, he's a smart dude. He's smart dude. <laughs> yeah, he's stupid enough to run in there with no helmet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so funny. <laughs> All right, Tyvis, you got any, any questions for us before we let you go? We know you're with your family. Now, how's everything going? How's the, how's the podcast going? The podcast, Better now that you're on it. The podcast is going well. People are not so excited to listen to us when Ohio State football <laughs> is not going on. And Ohio with State basketball is losing. It's losing. Yeah, it's yeah but, but, the, but the Big Ten is a very tough conference this year because there is teams that's at the top that's losing all the type of teams in the Big Ten. I think the Big Ten is just canceling each other out right now. It's not good. You sound like a Stanford grad. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like me. you're our new college I, basketball insider. Listen to me, man. I, 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 I ain't going to tell you I graduated from Ohio State with a 3-0, but I sure graduated with a 2 <laughs> But we round up. We round up. I, I paid attention to class. You know, I did my work. I, but as, you're, as your son once said, you didn't go to school for school. You went for football. <laughs> man, look at you now. Oh, man, my boy's about to be the starting quarterback and one of the biggest things in the XFL this year. Needless yeah. to say, I'll be watching a lot of DC Defender games. So will we? You should tell him to uh, answer my text. Andrew has sent ninety nine text messages without him responding. <laughs> I said, and I, I, I probably went over the mad top. at him. I've never been more mad at him because he's not only embarrassing himself, he's embarrassing me, he's embarrassing our podcast, and he's embarrassing our families. And and I'm embarrassing you, Tyvis, because the first thing yeah, the first thing I said was Tyvis gave me your number. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did he ever respond? Uh, the opposite of yes. Oh my god! <laughs> he, he, he's too big, though. You know what? I told you he became the XFL star. And now he's big, though. He's yeah. trying to big. Well, we've given him a, a lot of time because it's been over. It's not. It's over the course of months. It seems like so. That's all right. <laughs> that's all right. You know what? I'm gonna have to have a conversation with him next time he talks. Next time he calls me, which he's he randomly does throughout the week, which I don't know why. He randomly texts, he randomly FaceTimes me. I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to say, what's going on, man? You too big time to do like a 10, 15 minute talk on the podcast? Yeah, but now he's going to say, he's going to say, maybe if that kid didn't text me 15 times, I would do it. 15, dude. 15 would have been fine. It was 30. Tyvis, the number, the number is actually six. Uh, no, it's actually six. Okay. And he, and he, so you just got six text messages out there and no response. Well, no. well, it looks like zero because I deleted the conversation. Oh man, <laughs> I was scared. <laughs> I all I'll all I'll say is the problem now is that if he ever comes on, he's already annoyed by us. So, <laughs> or he's annoyed by Andrew. I'm no. a, I'm a fellow I'm a fellow collegiate athlete. Jo- so. Joey Joey has to ask, ask all the questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll be like, I have to sit in the Welcome corner. To the drive lane podcast. My co-host is not here. <laughs> oh man! I'm holding out on that hundredth text because I know he'll yeah, answer the hundredth one is when, that's the one that works. Yeah, you gotta wait till I give you the thumbs up, then you can send that hundred. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> All right, Tyvis, thank you so much. You gave us about thirty extra minutes than we wanted, so we really appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate y'all, man. All right, I'll call you tonight before bed. (laughs) (laughs) Good night. (laughs) See you, buddy. All right, see ya.
We don't know which one was first or second because Andrew hasn't. Have uh, not decided. I hope you enjoyed both interviews. Though. Yeah, I hope you. I think it was Adam Amin and then Tyvis Zolden might we'll think see. it's the opposite. We'll he see. He has the controls. Did you buy our shirts yet? No. You no. probably did. Yeah. Idiots. Buy our Wait, shirts. Wait, oh, should we talk about the guys that were sitting behind me at the game? <laughs> Sorry, this is because like idiots. Some two random people I've never met them before. It is so fun being a fan because other fans don't know who they're surrounded by. They didn't know that they were sitting in front of me who, you know, knows all these guys um, on the team and the coaches and Ohio State, and I know everything there is to know about Ohio State, obviously. And uh, these guys sitting behind me are like, Oh, they got some kid from Upper Arlington on the team. I bet you he gets shit the whole all the time. Danny Hummer, man, I wonder if he'll step on the court. Meanwhile, Danny Hummer's parents are sitting next to me, and like, it's just like, God, you like have some sense. You're sitting three rows behind Ohio State's bench. Of course, you're gonna have some family there. But that wasn't the funniest thing that they said. They said, uh, "You see those patches on the back of Ohio State's jerseys, which Ohio State has. All the um, Nike teams that have won a championship have a patch on the back that is gold or silver." Um, they also are typically Nike elite schools. And this guy, and I, I if you guys don't know, I used to, I worked for Nike this summer, so I got to learn some of the Nike ins and outs and stuff. And um, they were like, yeah, Bob, he's saying to his friend, you know, only the Nike elite schools get the, the gold uh, on the back of their jersey. Like every other school, every other Nike school just has a plain one or whatever. And I'm sitting there like, first of all, Ohio State signed the biggest Nike deal of any school in the history of college sports. They are a Nike elite school. Second of all, why would we have a gold patch when our colors aren't gold? Our colors are silver. It's silver makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it just makes more sense. Like, Kentucky, like, okay, um, silver might make sense, but gold, that's, like, very kentucky to do. Like, it was just so unbelievably infuriating. And they're saying stuff like, put in Dwayne Washington when it was, like, two minutes into the game. And I'm like, the dude likes coming off the bench. Like, will you just relax for a second? Like, I agree, though, Put in Dwayne Washington. I love him. <laughs> so do I. I also agree, but they're saying stuff like, oh, my God, like, what are we running? Like, God, I'm like, oh, my God, you want to go out there and coach? That Like, also, while we're on the topic of idiots, because no one's listening to this, people tweet at me some dumb stuff during these games, and nothing was dumber than some guy tweeting at me, and I'm not going to mention his name because he probably would like that. Uh, I tweeted something about how poorly Caleb Wesson gets officiated because he really does. The dude is huge, and people hang on him to try and stop him, and they can't call every single foul. So I tweeted that. I said, Caleb Wesson is so poorly officiated, it hurts my soul. Some guy responded and was like, hold on, I want to read the exact tweet. It was just like, do-do-do. Do-do-do. Stay with me. Come on. Stay with me. Get there. Hurts my soul. He's so soft down low. And I said, I'd like to see you try and stop him. That's what I I couldn't do that when I was a player, but now I can do that. It's fun. I I think I don't think he's soft down low. I think this far into the season, he's still kind of getting used to his new body a little bit. <laughs> Stop. I'm serious. No, the truth is, is that when you're number one on the scouting report, like, and other guys maybe aren't producing as well as they have today, it was better. But in the past, you know, like Caleb gets a touch every time down the court. Like, you know, like yeah, it's hard. He's the number one guy. Everyone, when you when they pull up the film two days before the game starts, they go, all right. And you see big number 34, that's our key to, to beating them. we got to stop that game, that guy to win the game. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I'm just happy Ohio State won. And and I'm happy you guys are all buying our shirts as we speak. Very happy. High Street Tees slash DTL. What's the promo code, Joe? DTL15 for 15% off. If you guys can guess what I'm getting from Portillo's, uh, 
We'll send Ooh, you. Who won the competition? What competition? The free shirt. Oh, should we do that right now? We'll, we'll just tweet about it. We'll tweet about it, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations to 